Will you please pray with me? Holy One, may we exercise the gift of choice and discover change as the only true path to liberation. Amen. You can learn a lot about what people love by listening to them sing. My guess is it's been a while since we've been together with another human live in the flesh, lifting voices up in song. On a recent hike, I crossed paths with someone blaring country music on a mobile device as he summited the mountain. Eavesdropping on that dusty hilltop, I remembered the old familiar joke. What do you get when you play a country song backwards? You get your truck back, your dog back, and your baby back. Clearly, the guy preferred classic country because the song made no mention of that by-now-near-universal longing to recover some part of what we've lost in this ironic year. You learn a lot about what people love by listening to them lament. And if country so skillfully voices lament, maybe country is the genre for 2020, helping us touch the heartbreaking truth we're seeing all around us. Even if you've been off the grid a while, it doesn't take long to decipher the hurt swirling around in our world. Whether you start with droning helicopters, COVID-19 numbers, or controversial hashtags. If we are what we love, as some would argue, we may not love what we think we do. Sing about your loves and you'll sing about your hurts, no matter the names you conjure. Today's reading from Genesis recounts a spell-binding story. The Hebrew word for binding, akedah, is a fitting title by which this narrative has come to be known in our Judeo-Christian tradition. Isaac is that boy who was bound for death but lived to tell about it. Quite like an ancient ballad played backwards, elderly father proves himself faithful no matter how much it hurts and wins his baby boy back in the end. But did Adonai really ask Abraham to sacrifice the son he'd waited his whole life to welcome? Aren't we glad this wasn't the reading for Father's Day? The interpretive tradition offers many fascinating takes on this text. Rabbis through the centuries reckon Abraham righteous, more or less. Plenty has been made of the silences in this story. You learn a lot about people listening for what they don't sing. One such noteworthy layer we can decipher when we listen between the lines of the Akedah involves how Abraham's relationship with God, never mind his connection with his son, gets forever altered by this test of faith. 
the moment the man surrenders what he holds most dear to God. You could say the whole story begins with surrender. From that very first moment, God calls Abraham and Sarah, asking them to leave behind homeland and the stability of community to take a road trip to somewhere they'd never even seen. When fear makes tarrying with God tricky, the duo veer toward crafty self-reliance. And we heard about one such episode in last week's lectionary. Turns out the achy, breaky human heart really struggles with surrender. It's complicated, as they say. I know it's a struggle for me. We cling to whatever holds that sweet spot in our hearts. Albeit quietly, we sometimes cherish these things even more than God. It's tempting to read the Akedah with the ending in mind. The angel does stop Abraham before the dreadful deed is done. The lamb ram turns up just in time. Everyone gets reconciled with God. As that mountain breeze miracle unfolds, granting Isaac a new lease on life, we too exhale with relief. We are saved, though not in ways we might imagine. After that mountaintop, we can never be the same. Our heart songs also better be a changin'. For we dare not mock God's provision by slinking back to what's familiar, a blessed life for ourselves and our kin, as if nothing ever really was at stake. No real relationship with God pushes us on to greater faithfulness, daring to peer below the surface at things we'd mostly rather not interrogate. The gut-wrenchingly complicated Akedah ebbs like a moving threnody, haunting our deepest hopes, radically reorienting our loves if we allow our heartstrings to be touched by its lament. Transformation is the price of life with God. Like Abraham and Sarah who kissed safety goodbye, we can never go back to the ways we thought things were. It's no wonder this story stirs up fear and trembling. True transformation means our tune and lyrics get upended so that we can honor this calling to sing no longer for ourselves. Whatever in our lives needs dethroning, whatever grief and pain weigh down our hearts, whatever cripples that God-given promise of our lives, these are what God wants on that altar, bound and burned entirely so that we might be healed and freed. What we each are being asked to sacrifice, I really cannot say. Maybe there's some relationship we believe we cannot live without. 
like Abraham and Sarah, could be a long-desired pregnancy. Maybe it's tangled up with a career or the love of a lifestyle our paycheck affords. For some, it could hinge on a standing resentment. For others, a, a substance or a habit that holds us hostage. Whatever it is we cling to, whatever captivates or compels us, the maker of the universe comes to transform and to deliver. From the most powerful in the land to the one counted last and least, this gospel of love haunts us until we surrender. Like an uninvited specter, irony lingers over this year. We're only halfway through, but 2020 vision is blurry at best. Hindsight always has been riddled with blind spots because we humans struggle to square our histories. Turns out you learn a lot about us all, whether we've earned the victim or the villain spot in the song we're each singing. Even the most righteous cannot stand, for the human heart gets wooed by loves and loyalties that let us down, causing us to stumble short of the glory of God's great love. Whatever our chosen loves, whether folks would commend or condemn us for them, every swipe we take, every move we do or don't make, 16 ways to Sunday, brokenness besets us all. Isaac isn't the only one who needs saving. By the time divine love's illuminating flash comes on the scene, Still, God comes to liberate. Tending our loves and laments is a practical way that we dare to risk transformation with God, even if we never get that voice from heaven. There's a still small voice inside each of us that knows how often our hearts are steered unconsciously at times, but sometimes with our consent, steered towards things that diminish. Loves we might think twice about cherishing if we saw their power to form our habits and character and future over time. Listening to that inner voice might seem easier than summiting a mountain, but it's no less risky than stowing away in a patriarch's saddlebag to catch a glimpse of what we too must surrender if we truly want to be free. But every time we listen that earnestly, every time we dare to give those things to God, we follow in the footsteps of our forebears who scarcely imagined how faith would change them. But they did live to tell about it. For the journey is about progress 
not perfection. So don't be dissuaded by worry or confusion. It's okay to tremble with fear. God is here with us. Every time that invitation to surrender comes, for God comes, not to steal our hopes or our futures, but to free us for greater promise. With God, there is no free-ish. Only we do have a choice about embracing this kind of transformation. In a world that prefers self-love and self-protection to anything resembling self-sacrifice, God asks us to be changed by a death-defeating love, a love that unites us with the one who made us and who died to set us free. When that connection is the center of our lives, toppling over every other love supreme, then, and only then, do we find our place in God's redeeming dream for creation. In that liberating love song, God gives us back more than we ever could imagine, turning our lament to joy. It's the sort of rousing ballad every voice, especially in this fateful year, might yet rise up and choose to sing. <laughs>